Barcode Podcast with your host, Chris Glandon, serving cybersecurity straight up with no chaser. Let's hit the bar and grab a drink. Man, I really need to oil that door. Yo, Chris, what's up, man? Yo, Tony. Man, you okay? I haven't seen you in a minute. Yeah, man. You know, just got kidnapped. Not the first time, though. Oh, shit. You seem pretty calm about it. You okay? Yeah, man. They didn't take anything. It was this uh, consulting agency we use. Told me later it was a physical pen test. Well, glad to see you're okay, man. Of course, bro. Nobody could get to me for real. They got to try a little bit harder than that. Well, now that you're back in your usual state of zen, let me get, uh... Zen? Zen? Well, in the spirit of zen, I get a drink where the ingredients unify the perfect harmony, providing a peaceful, balanced drink for you to enjoy. It's called the yin-yang martini. In a blender, you're going to take one ounce of vanilla vodka, half ounce Godiva white chocolate liqueur, half ounce of white cream de coca, and three ounces of vanilla ice cream. Once it's all blended together, you're going to pour this into a chilled martini glass, almost to the rim. Then you're going to garnish the top with dark and white chocolate shavings in the shape of a yin-yang. And there you go. Damn, that is quite a drink. I like how you compiled that one. Ah, you know it, man. I've been sharpening and developing my skills as of late. Well, I got to run. I need to catch up with an offensive security expert who is focused on the development of offset professionals. All right, man. We'll copy that. I'll see you next round. Jeremy Harbinger Miller is an InfoSec professional primarily interested in how security skills are taught, learned, and applied by individuals and organizations. He's currently the product manager of content development at Offensive Security. Jeremy, welcome to Barcode, man. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Um, You've taken a pretty unique path that has led you into InfoSec. And if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to start there. And uh, just talk to me a little bit about your background and your journey into the industry. Sure. So, yeah, like you said, uh, my background is uh, pretty unique, I think. Um, I actually wanted to be a lawyer originally, and uh, I worked for a lawyer. Uh, the lawyer was great. I really enjoyed working with him. But uh, the one thing I learned is that I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> um, and I was studying philosophy because I thought that, you know, it would lead into law. You learn how to argue, you learn how to think, all that. So what does one do with a philosophy degree if they don't want to be a lawyer? Uh, well, I really liked logic. I liked uh, uh, logic and then intermediate logic, uh, intro to computation, um, how, how computers and logic are very similar. And that led um, into AI, artificial intelligence. And it turns out that artificial intelligence just needs a lot of math. And I, I, was not, I did not consider myself a technical person at the time. I uh, struggled with math in high school and in uh, college, so I thought, ah, that's not for me. I can't do this. Yeah. Which, as we'll talk about later, is really ironic. Uh, but but uh, at the time, I, I was working for, a or interning rather, for a um, company that was doing uh, research in artificial general intelligence, and one of my mentors there said, you know what? 
think about information security. And I said, huh, and I've never thought about information security. Why would I, why would I do that? And he said, well, in AI and in InfoSec, you're thinking about other agents. You're thinking about other people that are possibly smarter than you. Uh, how do you deal with somebody who is, is trying to outthink you? And I thought, yeah, that's really cool. So uh, I looked up, hey, how do, I, how do I get into information security? And I stumbled on OSSEC, on offensive security. And um, This was through your own investigation? Yeah, yeah, through my own, my own research. I literally didn't know anybody in the field. Uh, just Googled it up and, and saw, oh, there's this certification and it's hands-on and you, you learn while doing and it's really hard. And I thought, okay, I'll just, I'll just do that. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I signed up for uh, PWK, Penetration Testing with Kali Linux. And uh, I obviously had no idea what I would be in for. Um, I didn't know how Linux worked or networking or any of that. Um, so to say that it was a struggle is an understatement. I spent many, 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 many months in the labs just not even hacking machines, just trying to figure out like what a machine was. I had to ask a lot of help from the student uh, administrators um, who are now very good friends of mine, of course, because I've, I've been working there for uh, many years. But um, finally, after, after many, many, many months, I eventually passed the exam. And I was really, really super lucky because uh, after passing the OSCP exam, you get access to um, an exclusive forum of all the other cert holders. Uh, and at the time, this was, this was years ago, like six years ago, uh, OFSEC was really small. I think they were less than 15 people. The only way that you found out about job roles was, was through just through this forum. Um, there was no website like there is now. There was nothing, right? Um, and so I, they happened to be an, a posting for a student administrator. Uh, who are the, the guys and gals that help, um, help students day to day, help with tech support, help with mentoring? Um, and I said, look, I don't know anything except for what you've taught me, uh, which makes me a perfect candidate because you can mold me however you like. And um, they, they accepted that argument and they hired me. And uh, here I am today. Yeah, it's definitely an unorthodox path, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, um, it's much more methodical. And so with that influx of information that you were absorbing at once, you said you were immersed in lab environments, learning Linux and learning, you know, command line syntax, taking all of this in at once. I'm sure it was stressful for you to a degree. Yeah, it, it was it was overwhelming to say the least. The first three months were were really really hard because I didn't even know what I didn't know at all. Right. Um, I should say I did have before starting with PWK. I did spend a year doing um, sort of like a digital forensics certificate uh, at another college, but it really wasn't very technical. It was it was very um, theory driven. Uh, so that helped a little bit to sort of ground myself. Um, I knew a little bit of programming. And like I said, I came from from studying logic and philosophy, and that that helped a lot. Um, just understanding like how things can flow. I see. So, how did you stay um, regimented mentally, and and just not to get burnt out by terminology or or theories? Because again, typically these are skills that you have to develop over a, a longer period of time. Yeah, I think what. Um, kind of helped me a lot was knowing that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I would only find this out later when I became a student administrator myself and helped other students who did come in with a background that's, you know, as you said, much less unorthodox. Um, 
you know, people would come in and, and they'd have some experience with programming or system administration and they'd get stuck and they'd get frustrated. Um, I had the advantage in a way of not, <laughs> not caring if I was frustrated or stuck with something because the only place to go was up. Like the only thing that I could do is, is learn a little bit more, whether it was useful for pen testing or just something in general about technology or about how I learn or whatever it was. Um, I tried to take every opportunity to learn something. And I can't tell you that I was never frustrated. Uh, that's never how this works. Um, but I think that I had a very good and currently still you do have a very good um, means of transforming frustration into productivity. So do, do you feel like it's almost like you have nothing to lose? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was it. Um, I, I want to say <laughs> I want to say I have more to lose now. Uh, so it's it's almost harder in a way. But um, back then, I almost I kind of painted myself in a corner uh, intentionally, like backed myself into a corner so that the only thing that I can do, because I, I was getting out of university, uh, I had to find a job. And I said, OK, I'm going to do this thing and then I'm going to go get a job. And so that's, you know, that's what I had to do. It's, it's interesting the way that psychologically that works. Yeah. And, and to think that if you can place yourself with that mindset, no matter where you are in your career. And it's proven to work. Um, I wish it was as easy as flipping that switch. Yeah. But again, like you're accredited at this point, like you do have something to lose, but you know that if you flip that switch, the outcome will be better. Right. So, yeah, of course, since we're, since we're recording live, I of course forget the reference, but <laughs> I know that there was, there was one um, military leader in history who uh, burned his own ships so that his his men couldn't get back on the boat, so that they had to advance. And I, I really don't remember who it is right now, but uh, I've always liked that image, and um, I find it very useful as a as an individual tool for yourself. Not maybe not the most mentally safe thing to do, but, <laughs> but uh, it's effective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what you need is is effectiveness, and um, you have to figure out what works for you. And if you're if you have nothing to lose, a lot of the times I think you're more receptive to information that you're taking in. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I'll say is that I really um, was fortunate in that I had the luxury of time. I really was able to, my, my parents were supporting me. I was able to uh, sit in the labs eight to 12 hours a day for months and months and months. And I was comfortable. I didn't feel time pressure. I didn't feel like um, I had to do this right now. I, I said to myself, you know, I'm going to do this well and it's going to take me longer. And I was watching students come in and, and, outpaced me. And I tried very hard not to let that get to me. Um, but I was lucky that I had a lot of support from my parents, from my friends. Uh, my friends were like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm learning how to hack. Like what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Did the lab format at the time help? Yeah. Um, well, yes and no. What, what helped me was, um, you asked what kept me structured. I had a whiteboard and I still have a picture of it. I, I could send it to you later. I had a picture with all the host names of the machines and um, I would, I would, you know, check them off when I got them. Um, and that like every day I'd wake up and I'd look at this board and that really, really helped me, um, you know, keep motivated and, and disciplined with what I was doing. Uh, and it took a long time to see even one check mark on the board. Um, but I remember that after I got, I think like nine, then they started coming. And then it was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get this. And then, of course, you stall it around, I don't know, 30, because uh, then the machines get harder and harder. Um, but yeah, having that, having that sort of... Um, Visual reference. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, something else unique about your background is that you have a martial arts teaching background and, and experience as well. And um, I am in no way a martial artist myself, but I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a combat sports fan in general. And I think it's fascinating that a lot of security professionals share that passion. There are definitely some, some parallels to be drawn there. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I can, I can wax on for quite a while, about the parallels I see between the two, uh, I do think, I do think that like, if you take any two disciplines and someone is a practitioner of both, they'll be able to draw analogies. That's just like how people, how like the human mind thinks. Um, but for me, um, I think specifically with offensive security, meaning like, meaning the discipline penetration testing, not, not the company. Um, there are a few things, a few things that I would highlight. Um, number one is just the mindset of, of engaging with another person or, or giving respect to that opponent. Um, and I don't mean respect in the sense of like being nice to people. Like, obviously that's important in martial arts. That's a huge tenant of like, you know, in, in, in a lot of East Asian uh, martial arts, you bow, uh, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or boxing, you pop hands. Um, so th that's obviously uh, important. And I'm, I'm just not talking, that's not what I mean right now. What I mean about respect is understanding that your opponent has a game plan and that they're smart and that they're trying to beat you just like you're trying to beat them. You're not, you're not fighting a, a robot or an automaton. You're fighting someone who is actively engaged in fighting you. And so once you can sort of realize that there's a mirror of your own mind in theirs, um, that's where the fun starts. And uh, you don't get to see that, like, at least in my case and in my experience, um, I don't think I recognized that until many years of, of being a martial artist. I started when I was six, and I think maybe I was only, <laughs> I was only smart enough to sort of recognize that when I was, when I was an adult, right? So, so uh, many, many years later. But yeah, that, that, that first thing translates to cybersecurity, of course, because as an attacker, you have to think not only, um, hey, there's this machine that I'm attacking, but there's a human that actually developed the machine. They programmed it. They made it work. Uh, they have certain motivations and certain incentives. What are they? Uh, how can I abuse those? And that flip-flops on the defensive side as well, because as an offender, you're going to look at your network and go, okay, if I was an attacker, what would I, what would I want to do? Why would I want to be uh, engaged with my network? Um, what can I gain if I was the attacker? And so I think it's very important in both combat sports and martial arts to think about the opponent and to, like I said, I don't, I don't think I have a better word for it, to give respect to their uh, mindset, to their point of view. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many fights have you watched where the, the favorite to win that match underestimates their opponent? Mm -hmm. yep. and, it, and it's like, um, you never know. And, and I think one of the main differences is here, you can't do recon on your opponent. You have to assume they know more. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. You can't watch film of a, you know, of a cyber attacker. Cause you don't know who's <laughs> yeah. coming at you. Right. Exactly. But imagine if you could though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just have to stay on top of the, the threat landscape and what attackers are doing. Right. That's exactly right. You, I mean, you have, you have sort of the aggregate. That's why you see, you see things like, like MITRE come out where you can say, okay, how do most attackers work? Right. Is every attacker going to fit that model? No. Some are going to do their own thing and you're going to look at it and be flabbergasted. And those are the attacks that unfortunately end up working. Um, but I think as a community, we've done a very good job of sort of figuring out like how in general do attackers and defenders work? 
I think the field has evolved a lot in the past six years. Um, I can't say much about what, what came before. I don't know. Um, but definitely what I've seen in the past little bit um, has, has been an evolution in terms of like, how do these different mindsets work and how do they interact? I want to switch back to offset for a sec. You've had multiple roles at the company and you've got to really witness the evolution of the student training model in, in the cybersecurity field and how to optimize mm-hmm. training. Um, and like you have been in martial arts for, for so many years, were you able to apply any of those attributes of training and developing others in martial arts over to offset? Yeah. So, so I should start off by saying, um, I have taught martial arts for many years. Um, after I uh, became a black belt in, in karate, I uh, started teaching for my teacher uh, at his dojo, and I did that for eight to ten years, something like that. Um, so I've taught children as young as four and adults as old as 64, um, so a very large range of, of people. And definitely that helped both as a student myself when I was learning, but then also as a student administrator, as a sort of sort of teacher. It's not quite the same thing because you're not you're not teaching in the sense of saying, okay, let's sit down and have a lecture, but you are guiding students through the process and trying to help them without being too um, explicit about it. Um, So that's my background there. And I, I will say that that has colored the way that I've interacted with students uh, significantly. Um, I think compared to many of the other student administrators that joined me, you know, they, they came from a much more technical background. And so they, when they'd help students, they'd have, sort of a lot more confidence in their foundations. Um, Whereas for me, I would always go in sort of recognizing that, hey, you probably know more than me in a lot of ways. What I can do is help understand, help you understand how you're thinking about the problem and help you with your mindset and your sort of psychological engagement. I always found it very valuable and important uh, for the student to sort of, of, at least in my own head, recognize that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be an expert in, in um, especially like the foundations of the technology. So that's my background. I just want to make sure that that's out there uh, as I'm expressing this. Um, I think one of the most important things as a penetration tester, and I don't know if this translates to the defensive side, it, very mal- it, it probably should, but I, I just don't have the experience myself. Um, but as a pen tester, I think it's really important to recognize that you are a thinking machine um, in the sense that the way that your brain is working, the way that you're thinking through the problem isn't perfect and it will never be perfect. And sort of recognizing your own flaws, looking at yourself and going, okay, I have this machine and that my goal is to attack the machine. But a secondary and almost more important goal is how am I going through this process? And the reason I think that's important is because Hacking is, or information security in general, is an exercise in uncertainty, um, reasoning under uncertainty. Because if, if you knew everything that there was to know about the machine, then there wouldn't be any hacking to do. You would, literally, you would sit at your terminal and type the specific command or the specific code that would get you the, the shell, and that would be it, because you already know everything there is to know about the machine. Um, so the very fact that hacking is a thing, that like it's, a, it's an activity that can be done, exists only because there is something that someone doesn't know. And so 
recognizing that in yourself, that approaching the problem with um, some level of like epistemic humility and saying, okay, I obviously don't know everything about this machine because I can't hack it right now. So what do I need to learn about it in order to, in order to um, make progress on it? I think that's really important. Um, and that's not, that's, not, that's not a mindset that I think most people start out with. Yeah, I love that you pointed that out. And to me, I envision the yin-yang concept, right? It's the mm-hmm. interconnection and counterbalance of the proper mindset and technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you think of it only as technology, that's problematic, right? I mean, you and I both know that there's no black and white manual for pen testing or even hacking. So yeah, understanding that I think is a requirement to just becoming great at it. Yeah. And it is, I, th- I think you're absolutely right that it is a balance. Like I think um, one of my own failure modes is I think like, oh, if I have the right mindset, I can do anything. And that's kind of true but it takes a really long time and it's not efficient. Um, I think you do need to roll up your sleeves and learn the technology and take the time and uh, really engage with this stuff. It's not just, okay, I'm going to go hack a machine. It's, can I build the machine myself? Am I going to go sit down and develop a website and intentionally put in a vulnerability and then go attack it? Like, I think that that enterprise is really important. It's not just, oh, you have the right mindset and there you go. Um, that's a super important key. But it, like you said, it's not, it's not the only thing you need. And one aspect that I've always appreciated about Offsec is really the the culture that you breed and the level of expertise that someone can achieve through that program by having that mindset as well. Within your curriculum, uh, what are some of the attributes that you personally want to see your students gain? Obviously, you have the certificate side, Mm -hmm. but I think that certificate, especially with offset certificates, represent a a deeper set of skills and knowledge and, and again, mindset. Yeah. um, So as I'm sure won't be a surprise to many listeners, we do have this this phrase, this motto called try harder. And it's unfortunately been... um, really misunderstood throughout the years. And, and we haven't necessarily done the best job of explaining what we mean by it all the time. So the community has kind of interpreted it and to like justifiably so. Um, I'll say a bit about what I think the interpretation is. And then I'll say a bit of at least about what, what I mean by it. Um, not necessarily uh, the company itself, but my own, my own interpretation. So I think it's, it's been interpreted to mean sort of this elitist kind of go bang your head on the wall until you figure it out because that's the best way to learn. And um, unfortunately, I think that a lot of our students um, have taken that interpretation and that's how they think we want to sort of portray it. So when a student uh, comes and asks for help, another student might go, oh, you should try harder. But at least when I started, and like I said, this was six years ago, um, the first thing... (laughs) The first thing that my, my boss, my mentor, uh, the student admin mentor um, at the time said was, never, ever, ever say the words try harder, right? Like, we don't do that. Um, right. It's intimidating. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's, um, it's belittling. It doesn't help. Um, there's, there's never a reason to say that. Um, I think that maybe, and again, this is, this is before my time, but 
many, many years ago when Offsec started. So starting, I don't know, 2000, let's say 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, the only people Offsec was teaching was really seasoned pen testers. And so for that, um, for that crowd, sometimes maybe try harder as a joke, as a, as a sort of, you know what, you can do this, you've got this, go try again. Um, that audience might have been receptive to that. But as the information security community has evolved, as we've had so many more people with so many more diverse backgrounds come in, I think that that has become less and less uh, useful as a tool. I can tell you that myself as a student, I, I, never, heard, I never heard anybody say that to me uh, that worked for Offsec and certainly, uh, certainly have never said that to a student myself. Um, that all said, I think that the intention behind it, from my perspective, is still really important. Because like I said before, if you're engaged with a machine and you're trying to hack it or a network or an organization or a person or whatever it is, there is something that you must not know. And by virtue of not knowing, the only way for you to figure it out is to engage with it and learn more. So for me, try harder isn't about just like literally banging your head on the wall and and getting nowhere and getting frustrated. It's about recognizing that, hey, this thing isn't intended for me to hack, even though, you know, in a lab in in an offsec lab or or another lab, obviously these machines are created with the intention to be hacked, but but let's put that aside and pretend that it's a real world environment. Um, In the real world, the defenders don't want you to hack their machines, believe it or not. (laughs) Right? Right. So, so. I think like giving, um, we come back to that word respect, giving respect to the industry in the sense of like, people are trying to design systems that are safe, that are secure. And we're trying as pen testers, we're trying to go in and break those things. Um, that's hard. And we let's recognize that it's hard. It's not, it's not, you know, this trivial thing that you just do. Um, but it takes a lot of work. And one of the skills that it takes is learning when you're stuck, learning when you don't know something and trying to say, okay, I don't know what to do next. What are my options? What can I do? If your reaction to that situation is, okay, I'm stuck, I got to ask for help. You might gain the information you need to hack that machine, which is good, you're still learning something, but you are not exercising the skill of what do I do when when I'm stuck? And so for me, at least, the object level... um, the object level skill of like, how does this technology work? How do I do uh, SQL injection on, on Oracle, right? Like that's, that's sort of an object level skill and learning that is good and useful and valuable and, and everybody should go do that. But not at the expense of, I don't know which uh, type of uh, SQL server is running. So I need to go figure that out. I think that that's that second thing that's sort of meta level skill of like, I don't even know what to do in this situation. Um, that is, in my mind, usually more important and harder to develop. And so when, when I think about try harder, that's really what I, that's really what I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I can think back when I transitioned from IT into security, um, in 2012, I, I remember looking at Offsec and I don't think there were many other cert programs other than the OSCP and maybe PWK. and I looked at it and it was intimidating. And then I heard the try harder mantra. And to me at that point, I took it in a literal sense, you know, and correlated it to, uh, to the exam Mm -hmm. and, uh, just didn't fully understand that. What I understand now is that try harder really is, uh, is a, 
mindset of persistence. Exactly. And it doesn't leave you because mm-hmm. if, if you ace that exam, that mantra is still the same. That mantra doesn't change. And I think that I can respect that more now having been in the industry for a while. Yeah. But again, coming in, it's yeah, you're reading it more in the literal sense. For sure. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't begrudge students that I don't begrudge people who are looking to get into the field and they, they go read reviews and they say, Oh, this try harder thing is, is scary. Like for sure. And so again, like I said, I I think that we, um, we can do a better job of expressing what we mean by that. Maybe, maybe the literal words try harder aren't the best ones to communicate this. Um, there are probably others that could be used as well, but I think, I think your, um, phrasing of persistence is really good. Um, persistence, grit, determination, uh, all those, all those nice synonyms. Yeah. And apply that everywhere, right? It's, um, it's, it's just trying to improve and trying to, to get better. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. There's also a tendency to say, okay, you're using these words like persistence and, and try harder and grit and determination. Are you saying that I should just keep working and keep, keep trying and trying and trying and trying and not give myself rest? Um, and a lot of people interpret it in that way. And that's not the case either. I think right. you need to give your mind time to adjust to different stimuli. Um, you need to give yourself breathing room and we all have a limit, whether it's, whether it's two hours or eight hours or whatever it is for you in the day, there's no utility in pushing past that. And one thing I don't think we necessarily um, stress enough or push enough is, is go relax. Like <laughs> you, this, this stuff is really, really challenging. Um, it's hard on the eyes. It's hard on the body. You're sitting down usually for most people. Um, for many hours at a time, you're hunched over looking at your screen, like give your body a break, give your mind a break. Um, try harder is also about taking care of yourself in my mind. That's a great point. Um, in terms of training methodology, we talked about certs, right? From your perspective, how important are cybersecurity degrees in 2022 versus you know, boot camps or even self-teaching, do you feel like it has its, um, its respective place for aspiring professionals? And how do you as an instructor pinpoint or can you pinpoint what will be the optimal way that a, a younger student perhaps can, can really kick off their career? Yeah. Um, very good question. I'm obviously biased uh, working for <laughs> working for a certification company. Um, so I will say this: um, when I did my my degree in forensics, that was uh, not a degree; it was a certification program from a university. Um, that was very useful for me at the time to sort of get my foot in the door and get just an overall view of the landscape. But definitely compared to um, PWK at Offsec, totally like totally different ballgame. Um, the, the, the program that I did, and obviously this isn't to represent every certification or, or degree or, or university program. I obviously, I have no experience there, so I don't know. Um, but the two in comparison, the two that I did, definitely different experience. Um, the offsex is much, much, much more hands-on, much more practical. The former is much more theoretical. And in some ways for me was helpful. Um, any listener who's spent the last uh, 20 minutes listening to me probably got the feeling that I'm, I'm pretty theory driven and I am. And so, you know, that's not, a, that's not necessarily for everybody. Um, so for me, it was helpful. 
I think to answer your latter question about how to get started, I think recognizing like the different career paths that you can get through in security, there's a lot. Um, it can be overwhelming to say, oh my gosh, there's, there's pen testing, but then there's web apps and then there's red teaming. And if I don't do offense, then there's, there's defense and there's malware and there's, there's so many opportunities. Um, Is there an aptitude test in any way? Like can someone um, that doesn't understand even the terminology, um, is that something that you can help with? Yeah. So, so uh, depending on when this is published, uh, Offsec may or may not be working on something to uh, to that point. Um, I think giving people a sense of where they might want to go is important. But I also I also think that um, we don't want to wall people out. So if you take an aptitude test from the start and you're like, you're like, hey, I don't know anything about information security, but this stuff sounds cool. Tell me where I should go. That has value as long as we're saying, hey, you know what? You're not, you're not going to be good at this, right? Because like, if you take somebody like me, I'm not going to tell you that I'm a great pen tester. I'm certainly not. But if you told me in 2014 that, hey, you're going to go learn hacking, and you're going to become a pen tester, I would have laughed at you and said, no, I'm not a technical person. And Today, I do consider myself a technical person. Um, so there's this uh, danger, I think, in, in, in walling people out and convince and like telling people like, oh, yeah, this isn't for you. I think on the other hand, it's much more effective to, to say, OK, you have these, these and these aptitudes. That's great. Uh, your mindset may point you towards this, but don't count out that because you never know. Right. Um, give yourself the opportunity. Yeah. And with the evolution of our industry we're all pivoting in different directions on what, what we want to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. But just having, um, having something laid out that explains the different routes that you can take would certainly be helpful. Yeah. Now, um, offensive security does have a new program coming out. It's called learn fundamentals and it's all about how do I get into, uh, how do I get into the infosec field? Um, learn fundamentals will contain prerequisite courses for something like PWK and our recently released SOC 200 and Web 200 in the goal of getting students those skills they need to um, then take those more advanced courses. Oh man, that's awesome. And it's so much needed too. I mean, especially with these young students that have an interest in cybersecurity, but just uncertain and unsure of what that really encompasses. Yeah. There's often this uh, this idea of hacking and pen testing and offensive security in general, you know, being this enigma where it's just unexplainable, unachievable, and not knowing where to start day one. And I think what you're doing with that program is amazing and, and really helping to carve out the next generation of professionals in, in a much more pragmatic way than what we saw, you know, in, in our era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, um, we're really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. When I started, I know that I would have definitely benefited from this. Um, and I think that Offsec as an organization has sort of recognized that, hey, we're not in, we're not in 2009 anymore. People coming to us aren't seasoned pen testers. They're uh, people from all walks of life, including, including technical things like, like IT and programming, but also non-technical people. We get we get people who um, who are from totally different fields that are starting to realize, like, hey, I need to get a, a digital digital skill set um, in 2022. 
So what am I going to do? And they look online and they go, oh, cybersecurity is this big booming field. Cool. That sounds really awesome. It's going to help the world. How do I get into that? And then they, they stumble on, you know, something like PWK and OSCP. And that's not, it's not um, entry level in the sense of, of, you know, coming in from nothing. So for a long time, we didn't have, we as an offsec didn't have um, anything to really say to that. So now we're, we're really excited to have this out there and have, have a product for that, that audience. And real quickly, can you point our listeners to the website or where they can find out more about the current offerings of Offsec and how they can reach you? Yeah, absolutely. The um, website is www.offensive-security.com. And there you can see all the different, all the different products, all the different courses. Nice. Now, Jeremy, before you go, um, you're in a Montreal area, is that correct? I am indeed. Yes. So since this is barcode, I need to ask you if I were to visit and I'm looking for a place to have a drink after, you know, uh, you know, an offsec boot camp, and I need a place to unwind. Where in Montreal would you direct me to? All right. So I, I'm going to give you the the uh, normal answer and the hacker answer. Okay. So the normal answer is uh, Brewski. That's uh, that's a great one. Really, really nice place. Uh, one of one of the CTFs that happens uh, every year at Montreal called um, uh, NorthSec is right next to that bar. So, so it's great. Uh, there, at least at that time of year, uh, there are definitely hackers around. Um, the hacker answer is uh, I can't tell you where it is because it's a secret. Uh, but there's this really cool bar in Montreal where um, you you walk into this ice cream shop, and uh, in the back of the ice cream shop, there's like a secret bar. But the cool thing is, is that if you go through the bar, then there's a second secret bar. And the second one only has um, mezcal and tequila. It's really cool. So it's, um, it's layered security to get to that yeah, second exactly. bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> security by obscurity. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So I love speakeasies like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, if I go to a city I've, I've never been to before... That's typically at the top of my list is, is to find the best speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this one's great. Um, so I just heard last call here. You got time for one more? Yeah. yeah. If you opened a cybersecurity themed bar, what would the name be and what would your signature drink be called? <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I thought about it. I thought a lot about this one and I don't have a really great idea. Uh, I think I would go with like something really cheesy and 90s. So maybe we'd call it the terminal. Uh, have it all. Uh, you know, black and green themed and then serve something with, I don't know, Midori and Coke or something. Uh, they could really, uh, drink harder. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to say that. But, uh, <laughs> no, no. I love that though. It could be super dark. It's gotta be dark themed. Yeah. 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 With all the, the like cyber, cyber, uh, green matrixy stuff on the walls. Cool, man. So Jeremy, thanks again, man. I thought this was a great conversation. And, um, again, Really appreciate your efforts at, at offensive security. I think it's moving the chains forward with the, uh, with the aspect of cybersecurity training. And uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Chris. No worries. Take care, man. Be safe. Cheers. You too. Barco patrons. If you like this episode and would like to support the podcast, rate us on Apple Podcasts and visit our Patreon site, patreon.com slash barcode podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, check out the barcodepodcast.com slash sponsor. 
Cheers. Unfortunately, it's time to shut the bar down for this episode. Thanks for stopping in. See you next time. We'll save you a seat. Be sure to check us out at thebarcodepodcast.com.